How are you? Hope you're fine. This is the Shaggy Show. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three. Good luck, studio. Ready to record. I see your mental condition is improving. Is it metaphorical? Is it is it deep? Is it deep? But that boy, he's not all that shy as right. <laughs> Blimey, Governor, it's the Shy Life Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shy Life Podcast with me, Paul the Shy Yeti. How are you doing? I'm alright. Feeling a bit random, but there you go. It's <laughs> not a very um, um, <laughs> subtle uh, indication of what we're going to be talking about this episode. Yes, we're going to be looking at some random words again and, and, and nick's back hello hi nick hello i'm back you're back <laughs> and that, that if he turns around that's his front um and yes uh so let's run that theme music when we come back we'll select some random words and see if they give us any um pause for thought yes okay, okay. we are recording <laughs> let's run that theme music <laughs> Darling, it's the Shy Life Podcast. <laughs> yeah, but it's a positive thing called the High Life, the Shy Life. You won't find a cast of characters like this everywhere. Uh, I'll go anywhere for potato. Delicious. Hello, Catherine. How are you? You quite like a big bang, don't you, Paul? <laughs> go Shy Yeti. Oh, I hope you ever find out my secret. Do you think he has? I love the Eddie test, it's my favourite thing. We can talk that was bad, just listen to this. Yeah, I, I am strangely drawn to Yeti Andrew Jones' ankles as well. <laughs> I could eat more body weight in crisps <laughs> every day. Has anyone seen my hot saucy? It's all gooey and meaty and yum, 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 yum. It's the Shy Life Podcast. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Look, mommy, I'm famous. <laughs> marvelous. Marvelous, Paul. Hi there. Yeah. Okay, Nick. Um, are, you, are you ready for some randomness? <laughs> <laughs> um, let me let me generate some random words and see. Uh, uh, as usual. Um, um, we've got correction, craft, or push. Hmm. Um, correction, craft. Would you Would you like to go first, or? Yeah, I'm just thinking. There was, and as I say, correction. I suppose the first thing that comes to mind is tipex and things like that, and. Um, uh, the, the whole sort of um, I mean it, I suppose if you if you think about it if you talk to kids today about Tipex they probably I don't, I'm not even sure if it how widely used it is still but um, obviously when when I was doing the magnitude of the synopsis back in the 80s and the, the, you know there was the Tipex <laughs> you had to move move all the characters back and 
these days you just hover hover the cursor over and it's um for and of course tipex of course was got people into a lot of trouble because of the 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 fumes from it was getting people high um but uh so instead of in in many ways instead of correction it was actually perverting people because (laughs) of the um I suppose the other thing is uh, the, there's a Doctor Who story called Sunmakers, with, which has the correction centre, uh, where it has Tom Baker strapped to a very large helmet. Um, but uh, yeah, that's another story. Um, I don't. Do we do all three words? Or? No, but if you have something for more than one, you can. Yeah. If you have something for. Yeah, I mean. I do, as I say, I think that, I think that, that the Atibex yeah, thing probably yeah. is. <laughs> I think, you know, I think of correction, I, th- I think of proofreading, and um, when I used to do my books, how I'd have, um, obviously you do correction and, and changes yourself. Um, I never did, I never did um, a sort of, I don't know. I don't know whether it was a, a fault in myself or a fault, or just that people are different. I, I was never in one of those sort of people. When I wrote something, I mean, I'm a bit like that with the podcast. I, I, I might do retakes, but I don't junk a whole podcast. Uh, and, I, and I don't remember, you know, say if I was writing a Mouse of Commons novel, I, if a, a chapter was written, I didn't go, oh, that chapter's rubbish, and scrap it and and start again I might rewrite it or rework it or but I, I've never been one of those sorts of writers um, I don't know if that's just because I'm I kind of worked in my head okay the story needs this chapter yeah. and it, uh, so when I when I get around to writing it it feels well it it, it existed as a synopsis so it was essential to be written yeah. um, but you do hear about people writing things and throwing away whole chapters and chucking a whole chapter you know. well, I've just never I, been like that you know? it's a, I mean it, you know there was a time when I, I with writing I, I would, would sort of stand by every word and da 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 and you know, I thought, well, you know that's, that's the way it is and I think when I started getting a computer and writing on a computer and um, uh, writing with a computer and not on a computer <laughs> um, okay. I I think because it, the whole process of correction and, and change and rewrite became a lot easier, I became a lot more um, rewritey. Um, I, I think when, uh, particularly, I think when we did Gift from Eternity, I think you script edited it and sent it back and you know, suggested a few changes. I, not only those changes, I kind of, I did take out a lot more. I felt it was too long. And um, I, there were a few scenes I actually didn't, you know, I thought to myself, Oh, there's a there's a bit of a dream sequence there. Yeah, that's not going to work. We've tried dream sequences before, and and you you approach it as a, a director. Um, similarly, I think when we when we did the DVDs, um, I, I there was a few things you know to tighten the tighten it up. I think there was at least about two scenes that I took out of Run Fast in the World because I don't you know, they're just telling out they're not very well written, they're not very well acted. though can let's let's get them out, let's fish them out. With word processing, you perhaps your rewriting is almost as, as you're writing sometimes yeah. as well. Yeah. I, I remember I, I bef, bef, a few years before I got my first access to a word processor, mm. uh, I had a a typewriter with like Tipex built in, but it, it was that sort of dry Tipex, mm. and, and you were supposed to be able to. Uh, I just my typing just wasn't very. I hadn't I hadn't honed the, the skills that I. Mm. 
um, I eventually got with typing and I was always making mistakes it was very frustrating um, and um, it, of course you know I, I, guess, I guess somewhere inside me there's a bit of a perfectionist and, and I hated if there was a mis- if it sort of you'd be typing and it would be really nice and then suddenly you'd muck it up um, but uh, I think I, I've got two two kind of examples of um, good correction re, re, rewrite and bad, bad one, one was Sunset Warden where you, we, we had to sort of adapt to the circumstances and I was actually quite you know because I'd written the original script about six months earlier I was I was I was good to rewrite it and uh we, I think we had, um, there was about, there were several m- mature male characters and um, about 20 14 year old girls auditioned. Mm. <laughs> and so, uh, and we, so um, uh, uh, the director's decision was to sort of audition, audition, the audition until we got the right people. Whereas it didn't work. I mean, it was diminishing returns all the time. So um, I went back to the drawing board and said, look, I've ripped out this character and that character and I've, I've given the lines to somebody else and and um, and it worked quite well and at one point we didn't have uh, we, 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 the hero was always going to be a one parent family and at the end, at one point we didn't have any senior male so I, I took out the male and um, and it made him an orphan and then you had this terribly you ended up with this terrible a line which suddenly became terribly tactless at the end where the hero Aaron turns to him and says um, let's go off to the wedding feast you haven't met my parents yet which is the cruelest thing you can say to an orphan <laughs> um, but uh, so I yeah yeah that wasn't but that, that didn't work out and the director persuaded me to put the the, the male cab back, back in but cast a woman mm. um, you can get away with that so, um, That's so and the other the, the bad one was um, with a um, a project I wrote for the guides and brownies for, um, and um, I it was all about uh, disability awareness and um, I had the characters were supposed to be mature they weren't kids even though you know they could be performing their kids and I had social media and alcohol and you know <laughs> and one by one the, the 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 brownie leader got me to go back and take out oh you know take out alcohol take out social media and everything it was it was a bit of a toothless wonder at the by the end <laughs> um and i never and what what worst of all it never got produced so. mm. um but yeah uh but no I'm, I'm not averse to a bit of writing and correcting I, there was i think there was a bit that certainly when i was writing the second novelization um do we know that i did um, I, yeah, there was a there was a whole section of it. This is working. It's, am, it's amazing how the eye can trick you, though, because none of my books were completely proofread just by me. Um, but like my Master of Commons books, it was either my mum or Lisa would proof them yeah. for me. Um, and, uh, but, and and then with my poetry books, it was usually my friend Dan or my friend Tom who would. Also, I, I, I sort of reasoned with the, the poetry books that I was performing a lot of the poems, so I would have... By the time I was doing that, I I, I would surely see any mistakes, but there's still all the sort of... I don't know, when you do different drafts of things and perhaps you could copy the wrong version or the... I still find to this day... Um, 
like when I've been doing the tenth anniversary or twentieth anniversary readings of of, of my my poetry I still find sort of well there's a, there's a word missing here and it's like, how, how did I never notice that but then then I also think the trouble of taking uh, like I probably if I was going to do a, a reading I, I'd have probably just grabbed a copy of the book yeah but my collection of my own writing I have probably different drafts and I, I might have grabbed an inferior you know an earlier draft version and not with at least I hope oh it's got to the point where but then I read. I read so much more now. I'm not working, and you know, there's in published books. You've, I, I'm always finding mistakes. I, I, um, if only proofreading was as simple as that, I would probably have pursued it more. But um, I found fa- I found when I did my, I started doing a proofreading course that um, the the actual official way of doing proofreading is all squiggle it's like shorthand it's all squiggles and and it's much more complicated than the um the the way that my mum used to proofread my stuff which always worked for me it made me doubt whether I was actually a good person to be doing proofreading because although I'd be very good at well hopefully I'd be good at noticing I always seem to notice missing words or spelling mistakes in professionally released books and you think well Somebody's whoever has been proofreading these these a books. Bit steep on the job. They haven't done a very good job. Um, if you're still finding mistakes now, but again, who knows? Maybe they were. Maybe I've got a, an earlier. Well, as I buy quite a lot of digital books, you'd think the digital books would be the most up to date and corrected versions mm-hmm. of things. But um, but yeah, I, I decided that as far as more punctuation and all that sort of thing, I I'm less confident that I am a, I am I am competent but I'm not sure I could stand on a on a high hill and go this is the way that it should be whereas if if I'm noticing like a missing word or something yes yeah, fine but um it's also terribly 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 boring doing proofreading and it, I always hated that part of doing I always hated the formatting and the rewrite the the you know this is why I like podcasts. Even though the recording of a podcast, there's always a gap. It's not like a, but it's not like I'm. If there's a three month gap before an episode comes out, it's not like I'm working on it in between recording it and editing it. Uh, so the actual editing takes about three days or four days, and and then then it's out. So the turnaround's a lot quicker. Whereas a book, you can feel like you've written the book, and then it's then another year and a half to get it all proofread <laughs> mm, absolutely I mean I, yeah, having done those well about four four books with one with um, Hidden Tiger I mean um, I I wrote for example I wrote the Song of Dreamers in 2020 during the Covid lockdown um, and submitted it to Alan Alan was very very busy working on other projects then he had cardio problems and health problems so it didn't it didn't get out until May 22 um in my most busy writing phase this is the thing I, I felt like people th- thought that I'd they didn't realise that there was a factory going on behind the scenes mm. so if I released three or four books a year maybe a couple of poetry books or well sometimes they'd be a, a repackaged book of poetry or, or there was there were some years where I, I I had two or three poetry books out but it's not like those poetry books 
I started on the first of January and finished them on the the like the first one would have been would have had poems from the previous year and it, it was there was always something like with the Mouse of Commons books I was always writing one at the same and then also I was proofing one or so there was always so you might get three or four books a year but those each book each one of those books if you looked at how long they taken to write had taken been written over a period of two years so it's just that it got to the stage where I'd done so many that they were coming out every 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 sort of three or four months but it it hadn't just taken three or four months to write them if you hadn't thought about it you might think oh you only wrote one for three months no well no that's the one that's come out has been i've been writing that for for like a year and a half um but no, I mean, I mean, I've had various script editors over the years. With, with the films, I had Andrew Candish, then I had you. Um, at one point, I had Andy. Yeah. Um, so it, I was. It's 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 always good to have another pair of eyes over it, um, and each one brought their own disciplines to it. Yeah. Um, one of the books that I'm doing an episode about this year is a book that came out for my fortieth birthday. Um, uh, but I think because one of the previous books got. De- got delayed I was but I was still writing new poems for the next book um and, and so I was kind of reading them at, at shows a good year or more mm. before the book even came out because I just you know things get in the way or or problems or just proving things well, one thing I I found with Andrew Candish is um uh, he, he, he there were certain things he didn't understand in the script yeah. And um, uh, he, um, I, I sort of, I think he suggested well, with with the plot. He was because um, it was all very POV. Uh, well, no, uh, to the not the opposite of POV. You know, sort of uh, focused on on Louise's character in Rosie Lenz. Um, he didn't think we could do a, a like a rave without showing people. I was going to have hands coming in and things like that. Was the original idea, and um, and he he was. He, he wanted her to turn up and the rave was cancelled yeah. so he didn't have to show it and I thought I you know I, I put a note back saying no that's that, that's crap you know rise to the challenge <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but no I, um... of course in the Sutton Park days because it was ad lib sometimes this is stretching a bit but from, from corrections but uh, um, you could turn a mistake to, to an advantage like when the uh, the, the metallic man's fingers all, all fell off yeah. uh, uh, but that on camera I did, and, and rather than kind of go oh I've broken a prop I just kept on you, acting and, and turned it into a massive plot line where yeah. the metallic man then claimed that somebody had beaten him up and yet the viewers had seen that he just stupidly <laughs> fractured his own fingers by closing a door but he because he was a baddie he pretended that, that one of the other characters had I just uh, remember coming back whooping because I was, I was busy editing Prison in the Sun in the other room and I, I remember coming back whooping with laughter because you know <laughs> and, and delight as well because he, <laughs> he found a way of, of working around it um, uh, well um <laughs> I do, I, do, I, do, I do enjoy my improvisation. Um, the only thing I was going to say of those words, the, the, a very brief, um, uh, just what came into mind is with craft. And it's a bit, and I wasn't thinking of craft as in making things. I was thinking of a boat. And that's also, my brain has leapt a couple of steps forward. Uh, for some reason, I'm thinking of 
going on the boat to Brancy Island in the days of Sutton Park. Mm. Um, that's that's the craft. <laughs> I was thinking um, of the 1996 film, The Craft. You know, that uh, put um, a, a pre-screen Neve. Is it Neve Campbell? Uh, the Scottish lass is in Scream. Mm. Uh, she, I think she was a youngster in that. Uh, yes. Um, yeah. But uh, but but um, uh, I can't remember if I went once or just twice, whether I went twice or just once to Brownsea Island um, in the Sutton Park days. But I remember going with Robin, I think, and, there, and we had some some wind up dinosaurs. So it was around the time that Jurassic Park came out and we did Jurassic Sutton Park That's right, with these yeah. wind up dinosaurs and then sort of filmed them really close coming <laughs> um, and the, the, the dinosaurs wanted to take over the show um, lots of close ups on the dinosaurs doing actually it reminds me going back to that episode of Doctor Who we, we watched um, the, the Crotons yesterday with the uh, where the robots have very Inappropriate accents for uh, yeah. for brummy accents. So that they sound like I'm doing the voices for them. <laughs> yeah. um, but, uh, anyway, we should probably find some more words. Um, what about stab, rage, or rumor? Rage, <sighs> rumor. Um. Hey, rumor. <laughs> I mean, the, uh, the 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 big. I mean, in our lives, the world of Doctor Who is the biggest sort of source of rumor. Um, and there, there was something called an Omni rumor about ten years. Well, about nine years ago, when um, they they found Enemy of the World and the Web of Fear, which mm. is the two of the stories they discovered. And there was there was supposed to, there was a massive rumor that it was going to be um, Marco Polo, and um, the the first doctor story and uh, you know the the ball is still bouncing now it's as i say they've uh, they've um they're, they're still keeping it going and i used to join missing doctor who's sites um and we've we um and you, you uh, because i'm interested but inevitably i end up leaving them because either the the, the person running it is a complete or shitter, <laughs> or um, the, the, you have a massive raft of optimists, over optimists, and you have a massive raft of sort of pessimists, and and it all gets lost in in a in a sort of sea of extremes, and you you, you kind of lose patience with it after a while, which is a shame because nothing would give me greater pleasure than to see one of the old stories come back. Um, but really, yeah, ru- rumour plays havoc with Doctor Who, and then. The, I think there's all sorts of you know with the 60th anniversary and uh, Russell T Davis coming back. There's all sorts of rumours going around now. So, um, but uh, yeah, I mean rumours, rumours quite fun. They can, as long as they're not um, malicious. Um, I, I, I think there's, there's, I don't think there's um, too much harm in, in rumours, and they get people they get people talking as well, which is always a good idea. I could probably say something for for all three, but not necessarily um masses of things just thought, thoughts um yeah i mean when i think of rumor i think of of um sometimes well i suppose there's a thin line between rumor and um and uh gossip so. gossip and and uh, i think i told a story not so long ago about my, my old job where 
um, sometimes rumours got around so much that you you ended up thinking they were real. Not not, and that wasn't your fault. Uh. You just heard them so much, or, or there was even evidence that made you think, oh, you heard a rumour, then you saw the people together. Mm. Oh, right, so they're together. And why shouldn't they be together? Yeah. Um, quite innocent. Um, it, it 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 was it was. It, it, it was one of those things that what might be gossip in one department becomes rumour in another mm. um, because, to be honest, they don't really care whether those two people are dating or not. Yeah. Well, um, there was... Um, you speak about work. I mean, there was, there was a, a very... Um, there was a very nasty rumour between about two young people that were friends in the office mm. and um, it got nasty. They had to be separated because it was... Um, they were just... Yeah, and there was, um, yeah, it got that, 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 that is one rumour that got very nasty. Um, uh, when I think of rage, I was kind of, I was thinking of, of, um, generally, I'm not known for being an angry person, although sometimes I think you get angrier the older you get just because things stop. Oh, absolutely. Um, but, um, but when I was younger, I didn't used to get angry that often. But I used to have this thing with my brother because he was very irritating, and <laughs> and but, but just very very noisy. And, and if you've been used to being a only child for eight and a half years, and then this noisy child comes along, and he was one of the noisier ones. Um, and I think we found a sort of rapport once I started doing Sutton Park because uh, he'd never been that good at um, games prior to me having a video camera. He'd never been that good. Uh, like if he wanted to play Doctor Who, he he just wanted to fight, or he he didn't want to do a narrative story with a. Cliff. Um, but I think doing Sutton Park, it, it gave it more. Right, this is something that's and there's an output, and it's um, you can have a character with a story arc or whatever, and which makes it sound very grand, which it probably really wasn't. But um, um, it, it did sort of, um, yeah. It, it did sort of give us a pur- more of a purpose, but um, but I used to have this thing uh, where I didn't want to, sh- to shout at him. He, I mean, if anything, he would be the one bullying me or jumping on me, and and, and then my parents would go, "Paul, stop fighting!" Go, and I'd be like, "He's fighting me! I'm just sitting here." And, and sometimes some of that would be in in another situation that might be a typical Big Brother thing of pretending that you're not fighting when. Well, but with with me, it generally was. I was just sitting there, and my little brother launched himself out at me. But but I used what I used to do is I kind of used to put my fing one of my fingers. I used to sort of sort of um, show him that I was really cross, and he shouldn't he shouldn't mess with me. I kind of bunch up my my fist and put my hand my hand in my my mouth as if to kind of go, oh oh you know you're you're making me really cross and and, and, and I. Somehow it seemed to work, and he'd back off without actually any physical violence mm. needing to occur. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, no, I mean, we've, um, yeah, I know. Over over the years, I've had fairly sort of views. Um, I, I I think I'm eff, I eff and blind a lot more than I ever used to because I suppose, especially with work, I've been there so long, um, and and I I see. You know, you know. I, I generally like my job. I believe in what I do, but I see people that should know better, um, or that are interfering, or just not, you know, or just phoning in what they should be doing at the at the cost of others. 
and it just it just made me angry also the, the rather sort of inadequate system we have to deal with as well mm. um i think i got cross with my boss once one years ago where um she was letting her boss mm. give her more and more work and yet she was supposed to be writing staff reports and she was getting and it was getting more and more close up to the the deadline and um uh and that, that could make a difference as to whether i got a bonus or not and i, and I generally did get good staff reports so i kind of wanted the, i didn't and i thought that um she should be prioritizing us and us or or saying pointing out to her boss mm. that this needs to be my priority at the moment and so with about 24 hours notice i went and spoke to her boss and said don't think this isn't good enough mm. and then she came to me shouldn't have spoken to you, you shouldn't have spoken to my boss and, yeah. and i said you're thinking about yourself mm. you're not thinking about us who want to who have um and she, by the end of the conversation she was very apologetic and completely saw my point and realized that she'd yeah. kind of let herself be manipulated by her stupid boss um and that it was you know to us it was a big deal it was the the, the you know the well, yeah. the one point in the year when your work was was judged and knowing that our work was good you wanted to be rewarded for it yeah. or, or appreciated for it um, so generally I wouldn't generally be angry um, but but there were yeah, one or two or, or situations where I stood up for for somebody and then almost was told I wish you hadn't stood up for me and, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I kind of be like no you should be st- I should we, you should be. You should have done it yourself, but yeah. I certainly don't regret stand, standing up for, for for you or standing up for yeah. the, the library. Yeah. But no, I mean, you know, my, I I was. It was the other way around with me. I, I was the, I was the, the bratty kid brother, uh-huh. um, and uh, you know, we did we did have rows, and uh, there was one time when she threatened to leave home, and um, and she. Um, she, you know, she stormed out with a bag, and um, and she thought, she thought I'd run. Oh no, 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 no! And um, instead of which, I moved into her bedroom, which is considerably bigger than mine. Um, or you wouldn't think so. Look, going back to look at it, you know, they they both look very small. But um, and yeah, I took out down her posters of um, Canada wait, wait. and stuff like that. Like man, the famous five, or whatever it was, I was interested in. Did Jen move out when you were still at the beaches? No, no. She, uh, Jen came. Jen spent five months at uh, Kent Road. Um, so when did she, she, she sleep? Was the study her bedroom? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that, uh, her, the study, uh, my dad's study was was originally her bedroom. Yeah. Um, I actually thought I landed on my uh, feet very much because we were we were looking at the bedrooms and deciding and um, they, that I actually was okay the bigger bedroom and I thought whoa this is <laughs> this is good stuff little did I know I mean she was going steady with her chap at the time mm-hmm. and uh, so she went she took the smaller bedroom but she uh, she got married uh, we moved in in the October of 78 and she got married in March 79 mm-hmm. so uh, it was <laughs> she she, uh, she 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 knew that she wasn't going to be around for very long so yeah. but she actually yeah, did make it over to Cameron I think I ever wondered about I don't think it ever occurred to me or no, I mean, it was, about how, how she would have fitted it where she would have fitted it yeah I mean very I, I think a lot of people 
um, Eden Harlem were surprised I had a sister because you know I was only she was only there for in Harlem for five months so um, but no it's uh, it's of, of, of the other words in that list I suppose with Stab I, I be, being a fan of the slasher film well, yeah. I suppose plenty of particularly Scream there's plenty of stabs in that but yeah. uh, um, uh, and, and yet uh, it's amazing how people the, the characters managed to keep on running away that yeah. <laughs> um, there was I saw the most recent scream, and there was definitely one point in in that I thought, wasn't that person almost like battered to bit? Yeah. How on earth did they actually? Did I either misunderstand how badly they were hurt, or or yeah. or, uh-huh. or if not, how on earth? Because there was some, somebody I was pretty sure that she was being stabbed, unless she was just being punched. I don't. And then she turns up in a later scene by the by the like running up to the ambulance without having got any help from. I mean, she wouldn't be running around if if she'd been stabbed. So I don't know if I I have to watch that scene again and see whether I misunderstood what was what was actually occurring. Yes, their their, their endurance uh, after that is is quite amazing. I know you're not supposed to take these things as yeah. um, as, as accurate. Um, yeah. you know. I think I like about st- st- the stab the. the uh, screen films is um, they've got an awareness of almost being a film, you know, kind of like, kind of, like the character is aware that it's a franchise, or they they're aware of the rules of the game, and um, hence Screen Four, I think, is, has that wonderful line uh, um, because they're, they're they're sort of having a quiz, the two of the characters are having a quiz, and they sort of I can trivia your I can trivia your ass under the table. <laughs> uh, oh yes. <laughs> Yeah, I recently looked at the um, how well they did at the box office, and um, the, the first three did well, and then they didn't do one until they did four, which is actually actually my favourite, I think, um, or certainly after the first one, it's my favourite, and the, the, I know the, the most recent two, I think I think four four didn't do so well. That's why they didn't do five and six. At the time, there was another gap of ten years or so, and yet the last two the have done very, very well again. So. And I think it's the only the latest one I haven't seen. Of uh, the ones I've seen, I think the four is my favourite too. Mm. Other than the other than the main characters, the supporting characters are very, are very a nice mix. Yeah. Um, uh, of, uh, I, so, some of the some of the films the. The victims or the potential um, culprits are a bit forgettable, and um, four has some really good culprits and victims. And lovely Alison Brie. Yeah, one of them comes. One of them. One of them. One of them who you think had died in four comes back in six, um, which I was pleased about because she was um, somebody who I thought, if they wanted to get rid of. Well, they wanted to retire Nev Campbell's character she could have she, she, she looked like she was being lined up to possibly fill in that uh, yeah but then they, they didn't but anyway she's she is back in six so. oh exciting <coughs> I've seen six let's see what else we can we've got television sketch or apathy television's almost too big but uh, uh-huh. um, uh, yeah I'm t- t- telly is too big um, actually, not so big. I can't say this. I, 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 
as I say, I, I make no secret of the fact I'm, I'm fairly disaffected about television these days, you know, modern television. I mean, we do try now and then. Uh, and a lot of my colleagues will, you know, sort of uh, say, oh, so, and they're always talking about binge watching. The whole, the whole culture of TV watching has changed massively uh, in the last, and, and I don't subscribe to it. I, I, if Ali and I are watching something, we like a bit of variety, so we'll, we'll have a, a half hour thing, you know, with the DVDs, you can have a half hour thing, one, and then you can have another half hour, well, 45 minute thing and a half hour thing, because um, we, we like to do other things during the evening, so, um, it, it, so the, the whole pattern of telly watching, I think, um, I mean, my, my answer always used to be, you know, there's just too much of it now. And um, you know what we need is is sort of like things like close down where we can actually have breathe and go and look something else. But it's become a, an unstoppable monster, really. Whereas it used to be, you know, I I, I just you know when I um, look at the uh, you know the, the, I'm on uh, sites on Facebook with uh, Radio Times sites and they you know you've got the Radio Times billings for the sort of early seventies and uh, nothing started. <laughs> Before, before eleven o'clock or something, you know. And I thought, yeah, it's just you gave, gave you a chance to breathe. But then they thought, you know, maybe you know people working nights or whatever. So there is, there is, yeah. I mean, it's completely changed. But uh, we still hold on to the sort of slightly old-fashioned um, principle, and um, I, it works for us. I mean, a lot of people. Are rather contemptuous of it, but you know, we, at the end of the day, it's what what you like what you you know you do you do what you like I, we still believe in physical media we like the idea of you know you can get up at three o'clock in the, in the morning and, and you and uh, or, you know if you can't sleep or something and stick on anything you know I mean, um, that's the state the state of um, <laughs> how some things are available and other things aren't available I mean that's definitely something that brings out the rage in me because yeah, but it's like <laughs> what's the what's the point in, in, in that that um, there are certain programs that are given are, are approved and and are very, very easy to to find or it's 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 like um, it's it's like sort of the, the the TV that's most easy to come by is. The best. It's always the you know the. What about the stuff that is didn't do well but might still be wonderful? Yeah. Or is very it's is true. very old now and and, and you know. And of course, things aren't given the chance to develop. I mean, it's I, kind, I kind of it's kind of like at one point say that the 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 tick of the tick the, the 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 list of TV you could get hold of was was I don't know say a thousand shows and now suddenly it's down to two hundred and fifty shows because ones that weren't oh well these ones didn't sell very well so that means they're not very, no one's interested so you have this sort of they, they experiment we experimented a few months years ago with um, the BBC stores where they you could actually buy a show but then the stores closed and they and you you could not you couldn't actually retain what you looked bought which I thought was a bit much you know I think it would have been nice if you had actually been able to do that um, but uh, there were several shows there which they put on the BBC store, but they've never released on DVD. Mm. Uh, um, Dennis Potter's Traitor with John Mejla, a brilliant performance at Swish the Can, and, and all these things are 
still haven't come out on DVD, and 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 yet they found them. You know, they they thought they were important enough to put them on there. So it's just, uh, it's nuts. Uh, it's, it, it, it's um, yeah. I think the word that I would choose though would probably be sketch because I'm thinking back to. Uh, one of the first things I did when I got a video camera was to do a sketch show um, of sorts um, with, with, the, with the beaches broadcasting with, with Harry and Robin but with other people obviously as well as it went on but uh, um, we, we as you know because you're a part of it we did a lot of I mean, the, the premise was, was that it was around the time when the ITV network was franchises were changing and so we, we the, the premise being that we'd, we'd, we'd bid a ridiculously low amount to get the franchise to run a TV station and we won it so um, I remember um, Harry actually enjoying writing scripts and stuff it wasn't Although we did do lots of ad lib things, there was also stuff that that um, he he scripted, or maybe even he and Robin wrote. Um, and um, I mean, yeah, yeah we, we had um, the making of RPS and things like that. You know, it was kind of almost a, a commentary on certain other things. And we did um, fake dating. I'm sure we did. Fa- I I don't know. I I I think we might have been ahead of the game with that, unless I, unless I'm thinking wrong. Um, with the with the fake um, out of date, yeah. Like, like although we kind of <laughs> sort of um, used the idea of blind date, yeah. it was more like a dating profile. Like, which, and I, I, I'm pretty sure when they did Smack the Pony in the late '90s, they did um, uh, like because it was different. Like, you played a character, or Lena played a character, and 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 we were supposed to be trying to sell ourselves as potential okay. boyfriends or girlfriends I was, a, I was a football <laughs> you faded me down too quickly I was just in my element <laughs> and, and uh, yeah they definitely did that on Smack the Pony a few years later and I, I don't know at that point that I'd seen a show where they were doing I might be wrong maybe I had but um, yeah we, we, we I think yeah some, some of it was inspired by Blind Date but some of it was its own thing and Later repeated by other actual proper TV yeah. um, comedy shows, but uh, of course, Sutton Park was meant to be just a sketch on beaches. That's right. I mean, I you know, I remember you sending me the postcard about it and uh, saying, "Well, Beaches has got his own soap opera." And I thought because at that point you moved from one project to another, and I thought, you know, I give it six weeks, <laughs> and uh, you know, and I thought, yeah, well, it'll be something else. Uh, next month, and you know, well, and, uh, you know, sort of nine years later. The thing is, I I went to university and I wasn't living with my fellow students, and um, I hoped to do filming with our friend David, but he wasn't really interested in being in front of the camera. Although I got him in front of the camera a little bit, but mainly just to write him out. Um, in the end, because it became sort of unworkable having him as a character. Um, but I really wanted a project that I could do when I was by myself, because there was, although you have lectures, there's a lot of time when you're by yourself and um, 
so so Sutton Park was a, a, a I had to establish well I'm like a filmmaker trying to look for I've heard about this place called Sutton Park and um, and luckily because I, I was starting in sort of September it was Halloween quite quickly so I managed to get a few Halloween sort of props and um, squirty string and things like that Any, anything that I could make um, and and, and um, I think because I you know I, I knew it would be beaches-esque I don't think I kind of quite grasped you know until I saw the episodes I, I didn't really grasp what it was about. So my first episode, I'm just there with Tina, and we're, I, 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 I go into funny, funny voices because that's the sort of thing I was doing on beaches. You know, I, 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 I wasn't really aware of the ongoing narrative. I don't think I, don't think I quite knew it was going to become yeah. so big. Yeah. Um, I mean, when I say big, I don't actually mean famous big. I mean big, uh, <laughs> lots of episodes big, um, and it's for so many years big. Um, but I mean, no, it took a while. It took a while to sort of find its feet to a certain extent. Uh, it was very much be. I mean, there was almost there was almost there was always a uh, a B movie esqueness to it. But at the start, it was very almost deliberately bad. Uh, I mean, I mean, we, I mean, we weren't Oscar winning actors, but but the acting was deliberately wooden to start with, because I think that. That was like a lot of stuff we'd done on beaches or with Harry and Robin and I where we were kind of almost deliberately reading our lies, well, make, as if we were reading yeah. our lives badly off an auto cue. Um, and, and then as time went on, we, I guess we changed a bit from that to being more, more taking something very silly, seriously, or certainly not acting, deliberately acting yeah. badly. Like we had done at the start. Um, no, I mean with uh, sketch-wise, I'm I've I'm never really found the form really with my own stuff. To uh, I'm, but we I did something called Ditch, which was a sort of getting all the, the sort of splits that I've had in my life out, out of my system, and that was a series. Of, I did that as a series of sketches, and that seemed to work quite well. Um, and the other the other thing we do we just a sort of long as a long sketch we did which was last pool where we were in to which we shot in Las Vegas um, and that that's really really I think probably my only foray into into sketches mm. um, so I, I, I yeah I, I find sketches very difficult to come up with uh, I did try and return to sketches um in, in around 2000 around the time we did last pool because um, I went to New York in the summer and tried and, and was kind of and, and was kind of keen to do well you know I'm going to America I want to do something um, so I sort of did a beaches episode from America with my brother and we've got various different sketches but it never got it never got edited together because of the problems with the cameras around that same time although the footage still exists of some of that trip or all of that trip mm. uh, because yeah, I was still doing Sutton Park there. It, it was around that time when I was really trying to do too much and trying to do scripted stuff trying to yeah. do Sutton Park trying to do sketches trying to and, and it, every, in the end everything kind of came quite tumbling down but uh, at least the footage still exists so, yeah, yeah but, uh, <laughs>
so uh, I've got three more words. Yeah. It might be our last set of words this episode, mm-hmm. um, or, or it might not, depending on how. Oh, um, if we do it too quickly, then we'll have we'll have a we'll have a few more. But um, we've got unlawful yeah. enemy splurge. Splurge. Um, splurge immediately comes to mind um, to, uh, when Ali and I are in London, <laughs> and um, we. DVD shops are very difficult to come by these days, but uh, we still believe in the um, physical media. And um, mm. we, we, if there's one thing we've always had a bit of a splurge on, it's, it's DVDs. Um, so yes, um, some ones I, I, I think um, the Doctor Who, some films that we like. Um, but yes, and I, I think we uh, just put one classic splurge was 20 years ago. Uh, I think it was literally the week, bef- week or so before we got married, and um, I, I don't know if you remember that with the Root Master, and we went round London. Um, so yes, we've uh, we've done a few splurges in our time. I think we do, we just felt you know, one last splurge before we get married, and yes, so uh, yeah. I used to splurge when, um, uh, like, say it was the start of the month. Then when I when I worked in town. I I uh, had this routine. I could get, I think it was a Virgin megastore down um, the King's Road, but it was the right end of King's Road. It was not too far from um, Sloane Square. And, and I, I got it timed that I could, in an hour lunch break, I, it took me about 20 minutes to get there. I mean, I had 20 minutes to shop and then 20 minutes to get back. I mean, goodness knows when I was actually going to eat my lunch, probably when I was back at work but uh, um yeah. but yeah that was a a, a, a regular yeah. um speaking of going going to things after work I mean that was the other thing when we were first married um uh, MVC was still open they're wonderful mm. wonderful CD and DVD shop and they tended to as well as the mainstream stuff they tended to get stuff that was perhaps not mainstream so and they always had they were releasing um, James, oh, well, releasing everything back in the early noughties. They had, you know, there was, there was Blake, there was um, James Bond, there was Doctor Who. Um, it was, it was, it was great. It was a great time in the early noughties. And um, well, I, I used to, if I knew there was a new release in town, I'd uh, pop into town after work. I walk, walk down into town after work, and uh, NBC would still be open. I'd, I'd get. To if it was a Monday, I'd get the latest release. Um, and they were still, I think they were, they were still releasing the tail end of the video, the Doctor Who videos when uh, uh, we we got married. So, yeah. So, uh, uh, happy memories of Spurging. Um, no, also, but with deep, with um, NBC, they actually um, uh, had a, they used to do a wonderful thing at Christmas with the, uh, late night openings where you could wander as long as you like and what watch as long as you like and if you'd had a um if you bought so many things over the past year they give you a token you know they give you a, a sort of um points i i, I missed that i missed that uh, uh shopping experience very much um that's great when i see enemy i think the thing that's come to mind this time has been the sort of enemies i had when i was a probably under the age of 13 mm. um, 
well, there were quite a lot of kids in our village when I was growing up. Um, a lot of a lot of them were sort of tomboys, yeah. including my friend Sarah, who you once worked with for a while. Yeah. Um, but there were also when we were, I don't know, eight, nine, ten. There were older people in the village. There was one boy called Guy, who um, was almost like an enemy, and I think he sort of had a a sidekick called Martin. Um, they usually uh, all, all of them usually have sidekicks, don't they? I noticed that. But I, I sort of remember because there's there's a back path that that um, goes through the church behind my my parents' house, uh, and that's a quick way of getting down the village. It, without going on the main road, I, I do remember sort of, you know, uh, some of the group getting split up and being being tired. The thing is, I don't really remember how rough it was or whether it was just menaces or whether it was... Um, all I know, remember is that somewhere along the way, um, Guy built this tree house, and before he left the village, um, we were all, like, part of his gang of treehouse people. So... Um, these sort of um, enemies you have, yeah. it can be, it can sort of change one day, and one day you're. I know there's no, there was never any consistency, was there? Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I, I had a gang of older boys that I hung out with in the second year at junior school, and um, they, you know, well, one moment we were playing Star Wars and exchanging uh, science fiction fantasies, and the next they, they kind of. Yeah, we don't want to play with you anymore. You know. And um, but we're enemies. I mean, um, with in the beaches, um, with one memorable one uh, that I actually borrowed a little bit uh, with the name and and to an extent the character uh, was a guy called Victor Oliver who was in um, uh, in one of the flats just down the road. He was an older boy. He was uh, I don't think he was as old as my sister, but he was you know more my sister's age. And he was very much into uh, tormenting younger kids, and you were sort of like with, he used to be into practical jokes, you know, like that the um, um, uh, what was it, the chewing gum that you pull out and it's a mouse trap, and it that hurt very much actually. And he would he was into chemical chemical experiments. And he wasn't. I I actually got how he wasn't. My parents didn't actually lambast his parents. I don't know, but I got a face full of methylated spirit at one point, uh, which was rather nasty. But no, he was all full of nasty little tricks like that. And uh, they were. He and his sister used to always kind of, um, sort of lure the younger kids into into their world. But I used that as the. Um, the basis for Oliver Darlington in Gift from Eternity. Mm. That sort of just nasty, nasty toffee. He was a, he was quite a toffee. His, 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 you know, he he had a quite posh. He was quite well spoken. Um, the other one, the other one I have is Tracy House, who was um, who Harry would remember. Um, he, she she kind of was always trying to turn my own, you know, some of my friends against against me, and was always sort of hanging out with the younger kids. And um, and I think she she kept a distance from my sister. But um, yeah, we were we we we, we uh, didn't have a lot of time for each other. She was she was she was trouble. Quite uh, you know in, in mature in a way. I think it was Guy who lent me a Wombles album 
and, and I thought he was giving it to me. And then a few months later, he came back for it, and I cried my eyes out. Um, I was 34 at the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so quite reasonable. Um, but um, the, uh, the, uh, the other thing, I, when Guy left, we, we didn't really have the... He obviously, I don't know if he became a carpenter or not, probably not at all, but he was good enough in carpentry that he could do a, a, a camp and he, um, he did this rope swing and we were all quite brave really jumping off this tree on this rope swing and uh, I don't know if it ever, I don't know if it really happened, but there was rumours that Guy had fallen off the, the um, and hurt himself because he would go down to the camp and, you know, that, that was quite, usually you went in with a group of people. Mm. But there was the odd occasion where you kind of thought, oh, I'll go down there by myself. Yeah. And then I think, I'm sure we heard that Guy had fallen off and it hurt himself, well, not permanently. But yeah. um, but after he left the village, it was difficult to keep up maintenance on it when it was... And then I think a load of kids from the neighbouring village came down. and We never actually saw them or confronted yeah. them. But um, they came down and I have a feeling like we did something... I think by the time that Guy went, it all went a bit with the tomboys it went a bit girly we might have left a visitor's book <laughs> and they, they might have even left the, the people who, who who vandalized the people who vandalized the the um the place might even have signed the visitor's book oh wonderful yeah <laughs> so i might just be again. exaggerating it no, that's a good story, though. I mean, uh, you know, what, what a lovely idea. The, um, well, signing the, well, the, 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 female, the female touch uh, was added to the tree camp. Uh, yeah. A little doormat. <laughs> Just, uh, no. I, the idea of tree houses very, very much appealed to me. Um, I've actually never been terribly good with heights, um, but the idea of a tree house and dens, I loved dens. Um, but they no, normally just consisted of there's a there was a gap in the, our kitchen the beaches between the sink and the wall and the cupboard and um, I was in those days of course I was very small and I I was able to fit in there and I I, I had a den in there mm. and I had a den in a there's a, a an unexplained ditch in the back garden um, which wasn't always there some of the earlier photographs of the beaches it's uh, it's not there. And um, my friend, best friend David Buxton and I, used, that was like a little trench. It was our, it was our, our den. And um, I, I said, so the, the idea of tree houses I was always quite romantic about. But whether the neighbourhood would have, I mean, you, you were lucky enough to grow up in a sort of like a, a country area. Well, I, we had a big tree, but I don't think it could have sustained a tree house. Mm. But um, it was, it, you know, I, I, a den's. I tried to build a theatre in our backyard um, based on a book I'd read at the time where somebody was actually re, you know and um, I I loved all that sort of thing and I, I think I would have I would have been up for a tree house but I think I would have been a bit frightened about the heights um, yeah I mean the idea of the idea of hanging out in a tree house certainly appeals um, I don't I would say that the 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 tree the base where the the base where the tree I mean it's still high I I would say if you imagine that the base of the treehouse <coughs> I know you can't see this distance yeah. but imagine an average room with a ceiling if the treehouse would probably have been resting on top of your ceiling yeah. about as high as the yeah. next flat above you so high high but not, uh, not well, high enough when you're about to swing off a swing well yeah um but I since I've been less mobile. I, I've sort of said to one of my friends, um, Milo, uh, uh, almost like, I, I feel like 
trying to almost apologise for myself. And like, you know, I used to be really energetic and I used to cycle everywhere and I used to climb trees and I used to swing off trees. There's a shot of you um, 30 years ago when we... I've got a photograph of you so 30 years ago um, when we did the recce in uh, Pepper Box Hill for Southern Park Prison in the Sun. And I've got you up a tree with your video camera, I think holding on the tree with one hand and your video camera in another so. uh, but no I, I I would have I think we had a sort of it wasn't quite a tree house but it was a it was a sort of tree house and some I think it, mm. uh, my, my friend Otto had uh, uh, his, his dad was always making things and there was this kind of a tree house there was the tree there was the house but there was a garage sort of attached to it so it was a tree house and you know with, with a cheating a cheaty tree house and that was rather fun. I think I might have gone in there a few times. But, um, but yeah. The, the, the other sad thing I think of when I think of enemies is, is that um, I, I had a bit of a sad situation where I had two really good friends at primary school, Jonathan and Barry, who were there all the way through to, towards the end. And I, I feel like we, we went, went from being very good friends and kind of going around to each other's houses. Mm. But then I remember there being... There must have been ups and downs, um, because Barry was a bit eccentric. He was mad on emu, and he used to um, for, ha- have a emu toy and then do pecky wecky emu and throw it up in the air, and it would end up on the school roof. And the head- headmistress used to have to get someone with a lad to get it down. And eventually, she sort of said, "If you do it again, it'll stay up there." Um, but uh, I I feel like around the time that Doctor Who was um, w- was post well the hiatus i tried to do do a uh a sort of petition to get it to come back i was presuming i was going to send it and i feel like at that point barry was not not being nice to me and and um and because he wouldn't sign the petition or but then there was also the confusion and the thing is my memory's not as clear as yours in sort of how things worked out and Paul from school he he doesn't really remember this either but um he was a year below us and he was very, he was very interested in politics even then and I remember Jonathan certainly Jonathan maybe Barry being you know spending a lot of time with him and it was almost like we were fighting over well, I'd go to Paul's house, but he'd go to... And Paul only really remembers me being his friend. He doesn't really remember being that close to Jonathan and Barry, but I... But but I, I... But I do... And then there was also the problem that when I left primary school, I wasn't going to go to the local comprehensive like Jonathan. Mm. And I feel like they were almost... Was it, it was a comprehensive? It, it, uh, uh, sorry? Was there a comprehensive? Well, secondary, secondary, modern, down and down. I would have loved to have gone to comprehensive. Yeah, it's all the same to me. But um, uh, the the, the uh, I wasn't going to go to the down to secondary, and I feel like perhaps it it might have been a bit of a mixture of kids being not knowing how to deal with their feelings, and rather than kind of you know, it wasn't my fault. My parents wanted to send me to a different school. Uh, it wasn't my choice not to go to the secondary school, um, but I feel like they kind of turned away from me because I wasn't going to the same school as they were go- all going to. Uh, I don't know whether that's true, but then I sort of also remember st- still being in touch with 
at least Jonathan for a bit after we after we left and then coming over to my house but then a few years later I remember going to an outward band course down in Fordingbridge and and Barry was there and I got on really well with him and then Jonathan turned up as well weirdly um, and then they started being horrible to me again and, and I, 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 I so well, they, they thought it's sort of weird when people who were really good had been close friends at one point sort of, sort of turned into enemies and you can't even remember why it even happened I mean um, the thing is when you when you when you're sort of under 10 they're the you, you make friends and break friends and you know kind of it, 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 it was we were people I was fr- friendly with one day I wasn't friendly with the next and then I was friendly with them again you know we're kind of arguments I think when you're a kid you, you, you think arguments are the end of a friendship right? I'm not and sure there was an argument back, I think yeah. it was more, more something that wasn't even in my hands like, like what school I was going to go to uh, go, go to and and also my primary school was a very small school there was only 60 kids in the whole school so you kind of knew everybody and um really even even the little ones to a certain extent because we did a we did a a, a musical uh that we wrote about joshua scamp the legend of joshua scamp from oddstock and um uh, I played a blacksmith, and then the blacksmith had to have all these kids around. So, when I was in the last year of school, only age about ten or eleven, I got to know some of the really little ones because they were my kids in my scene in the blacksmith. Mm. There's um, a video of that somewhere, isn't there? Yes, yeah, there does. Yeah. We even did an episode of the podcast where Cromartie went back and and we watched me on stage, um, and um, I had to do a sing, I had to do a sing, a sing, a song, I had to sing a song. Um, and and um, yeah, so, some of those sort of you know, it's like like with Paul, not even better really remember that those those friendships were particularly important, other than yeah. he he and I. Um, That's but, like my. I mean, like, you, you know, people comment about my memory. It is a, a curse as well because mm. you, you um, remember people fondly, and um, they 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 have very scant memory of of, of one, <laughs> oneself so. mm. and the other thing is I have to say about that is um, when I did Panto about eight years ago and um, they uh, uh, we were there was a lot of youngsters there there was one uh, particular one playing my daughter and um, she and uh, one of the the, well, land, the landlord of the pub we go to his daughter said oh yeah she's my frenemy Mm. And that, that seems there seems to be a, a, a gen, you know with the younger generation, a friend of me presumably is a friend who you regularly fall out with you know sort of uh, so yeah that that's rather a good word I think actually I I, I, I well I mean I, I I think I probably had quite a few friends I know Toby like said that. there's a few people at his work that he kind of tries and he, he he's seen how they can turn on people yeah so he he pretends to sort of. Um, like them just to kind of keep from them being turned on but yes you have to do that for survival really don't you mm-hmm. well um i think that's about what we've got time for this episode nick um, we've covered quite a few uh different words I, I i suppose i also ought to say the one thing you didn't mention when the word enemy came up was your favorite doctor who story invisible well, one, enemy one of my favorite doctor who story invisible <laughs> enemy. but uh, in a matter of fact that did run through my mind yeah i bet it did, did, I, did. It reads. <laughs> um, I thought well, i already mentioned doctor who I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I did not um, again. we're going to say goodbye now but we'll come back what i thought we'd do is um and and um we'll just we've 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 mentioned it at the start of the episode 
I'm going to get a load of words and we're just going to both say the first word that comes to mind um, and not talk about them anything else, but just the, the actual uh, where this came from. Um, I might not be as quick as... <laughs> no, it's fine. I can edit out the gaps. I can edit out the gaps. It's fine. But... Um, Yes, word association rather than random words. Well, random, anyway. Right, well, thank you uh, for, for this, uh, Nick, and um, thanks for listening, listeners, and we'll, I'm sure we'll do another random word episode in the future. But uh, um, yes, uh, goodbye for now. <laughs>
Robot. Um, church, I'd probably say. Steeple. Um, no, 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 that's, that's my reply. <laughs> oh, dear. Carbon. Emission. Pencil. That's my reply. <laughs> Next word. <laughs> Emphasis. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Emphasis. Do you mean, you want me to look at that? Oh. Probably, I'd probably say, um, I can't remember what I was going to say. Uh, uh, I put, uh, um, uh, like pressure or something. I, I was going to say something else. But I forgot what I was going to say. Um, offend. Twenty first century audience. <laughs> um, snowflake. Bloody offended these days. Ample. I was thinking of bosom too. Unusually. Uh, so. Uh, Impulse. Laser. Um, I'd probably say there's no uh, perfume called Impulse. Um, and uh, dealer. Wheeler. Drugs. I've got to go now! I Bye! I want to talk with you! I've got to go! Bye! Goodbye! 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 It's been good, but yeah, definitely time to come home now. Wow. Really? No kidding. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. <laughs> goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. This show is part of the Pride 48 Network. Find more shows over at pride48.com. Oh, dear. <laughs> What's going on now? Oh, it's the Shy Life Podcast. Let's go! I have a voice. I have a voice. You have a voice. You have a voice. We have a voice. We have a voice. Unique voices in podcasting. Univospods.net That is so cringe, Omega. You're a man of culture as well. <laughs> okay, <laughs> here we go. Um... Got some more for you before we go. Yeah. Um, medieval. Myth. Probably say King's Demons, the Doctor Who yeah, story, yeah. but I don't even know if that was set in the medieval times. Yes, it it's set in the old, oldie times. But, um, buttocks. And the same to you. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if you say bum, because bum, bum is buttocks. But, like okay. Um Painter. I don't know, is that a word? What? Painter. Oh, painter, I think. Painter. Painter. Uh, painter man. I was going to say Boney M. Is that, <laughs> um, that's, a, that's, a, that's a song that Boney M covered. I think it was a cover. Um, I think it was. I think it, I think it was. One of their later singles was a cover version. Well, some of their songs were a cover version. Anyway, um, Radiation. Leakage. Um, Inferno. The Doctor Who story. Yeah. There's... And probably well something's radiating you know something's in there uh, church steeple um, church <laughs> tower um, apathy work um, <laughs> politics um, quota work workload uh, podcast uh, performance art uh, Mick Jagger 
because he was in a film called Performance. Mm. That's probably two words, but <laughs> um, left wing, depart probably. Uh, fold, Derek. I'd probably say presents like ra- wrapping presents. Um, <laughs> kitchen, paper. Um, dinner. Uh, floor. In your story. Oh, it's spelled F L O O R. Manager. Probably carpet. Um, share. And sunny. <laughs> Not spelled like that, but I could. Why not? I could. Um, I'll probably put, say, steel. Um, prestige. Cooker. Um, uh, reputation, maybe. Uh, nuance. Oh, uh, tone. That's a tricky one, then. I'd probably say finesse or something. I'm not sure. Oh, that's a tricky one, that one. Um, replace. Component. Uh, remove. Uh, thoughtful. Uh, librarian. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, academic. Uh, password. Confusion. Spies. Skeleton. Covered. Bones. I think, I think that's that's quite enough. Um, it's a good thing we didn't have to talk about all of those. Some of those words we could have talked, we probably could have kept and talked about. Oh my god, there's nothing I like better is when another new episode of the Shy Life podcast comes out. I love that one. <laughs> Great show, Paul. Yeah, that was a good show. Boy, I hope Nick Goodman is on this episode. Dust off them calendars, because September 15th through the 17th, y'all got to be at Pride48.com. We're saddling up for our grand finale. Join us and explore the rich tapestry of our community with a heap of eclectic LGBTQ and LGBTQ-friendly podcasts from the full Pride 48 stable. This here's your last chance to be part of this nanny. Looking for more info? Well, just mosey on over to the Pride 48 website for all the juicy details. Don't forget now, September 15th to the 17th. Only at Pride48.com. Et voilà.